Perpetual problems are normal, but when they become gridlocked, the relationship can quickly get into trouble. Once you've learned to manage conflicts effectively and avoid gridlocks, it becomes much easier to repair disputes and get back on track. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Last week, we talked about perpetual problems, how all relationships, even healthy relationships, have perpetual problems. We also said that perpetual problems have potential adaptive value, that they increase our mutual understanding of one another, they stretch us, they increase our our capacity to love one another, they increase our tolerance for one another, and this growth that we gain through conflict lends to developing more emotional intelligence. But when mishandled, these perpetual problems also have the potential to become gridlocked. And gridlock problems cause couples to vilify each other. Gridlock problems cause couples to turn away from each other, causing distance, loneliness, and isolation. Most any couple can live with perpetual problems as long as they can keep the dialogue open. Mm -hmm. But relationships may not survive hurtful gridlock problems. Absolutely. So last week, we shared this first step in reversing gridlock. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, go do that before applying any of the tips that we're sharing with you in this episode. In short, what we talked about last week was understanding. That understanding must precede any resolution or any compromise or any solution seeking. So what we learned from the Gottman research is that by observing the masters and disasters in relationships is that the masters don't jump immediately into solving the conflict. First, they work very hard to understand one another's point of view at a deep level before working on solving or even compromising at all. Whereas disasters try to go way too fast towards getting to a quick resolution. Yeah, they just come in, they come in too hot. Yeah. 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 And the concepts and tools that we shared with you last week are a way to really slow the process down. So again, understanding must precede compromise. And understanding involves finding out why your partner is so entrenched in their position. Absolutely. It's something bigger. It's something bigger than what you're fighting about. It's it's really never about the sex or the money or the parenting or the time. It's about the meaning of those things to the individual. And we're all looking for meaning in our lives. And the reason that people often get gridlocked is because they haven't explored what's below the surface in this conflict. When they discover the meeting, the purpose, the intention behind each other's position, then it's much easier to move into a solution or a compromise. And once you really understand one another's dreams, the needs, the core values that are beneath the surface of the problem, then you're ready to move forward and create a compromise. So how do we do this? Let's dig into the process. Okay. So one of the things we've found with people who get gridlocked is they feel like they were asked to give up too much. Yeah, they were giving up something that was so important to them that it was sort of like giving up part of who they were, their identity. Mm -hmm. So the best way to work on compromise is to first think about what your position is on an issue 
and separate the part of your position that feels so core to who you are that you could not possibly see yourself compromising on it. Perhaps this is like a life dream or a core need or a core value, for example. So once you separated that out, um, you have to figure out those things that you're unable to be flexible on and then which areas you are okay having some flexibility in. The ability to accomplish this, this flexibility and understanding these areas makes a huge difference for couples who are actually working on compromise in their conflict discussions. Yeah. So let's get into the details of how to do this and let's start back from the beginning. So okay. we have a recipe in order to get to compromise for you today. All right. So first step is really just mindset. Have the mindset that we're on the same team, that I'm not the problem, you are not the problem, but the problem is just the problem. And I want you to imagine, and I use this for conflict resolution often, as you're sitting across the table from somebody, if they have a problem, they're like, oh, here's my report, and they push it over to you, and you go, it's not right, and they push it back to you. So in this situation, if you can visually see this, the problem resides between you. If you'll come around the table and sit on the same side as this person that you're quote unquote having a conflict with or even a discussion with, now the problem is in front of you. You can either push it away or you can pull it back towards you or you can work on solving it. We could say the future is out there and it's past that. So metaphorically taking the problem from between us to putting the problem in front of both of us so it's ours to solve. Mm. Another mind, another important mindset is this is an opportunity to strengthen your relationship. Always have the mindset that when you hit an obstacle or a conflict that, great, this means it's a good opportunity to learn how to grow together. Cool. I like that. That's good. Good suggestions. The next step. So step one was mindset that Robert just talked about. Step two is to think about our individual state going into it. Um, so be in a state of openness. Be in a state where you're willing to be flexible, where you're willing to be open, where you're willing to be influenced, to be able to change your mind in certain areas, especially in those flexible areas we talked about. Number three, right, have, a, have an agreement in place, right? So the, we agree that we're going to avoid you statements. We're going to avoid criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. We agree that we're going to keep it positive and that we may infuse humor. We're going to de-escalate and repair when needed. And remember, if we get flooded, we agree that we will take a break. Okay, so step number four. So we've talked about so far is we talked about mindset. We talked about state and we talked about going into it with agreements. Number four is really what we talked about in last week's episode, which is to seek understanding first. So use the process that we gave you in last week's episode and really spend at least 15 minutes each where each person has the opportunity to describe their core values, their core needs, their dreams as it relates to the problem. Absolutely. And as you're the speaker in this um, exercise, make sure that you're being totally honest about what your needs are. But don't try to do any persuading or any solving at this point. It's just for understanding. And then as you switch roles where you're letting your partner also have a turn, make sure that you recognize that both of your positions are important and both of your positions are valid. So step five, which is we're going to separate the inflexible areas from the flexible areas. So you're going to write down those things that you are not willing to move on or be flexible about. And this is going to be a core need, a core belief, or a value that you've just flushed out. It's the one thing that's so important to your identity that you just can't see yourself moving or giving up on that. So that seems like it's hard, but then the rest of it, 
the next part of this is we write down those areas where we can be flexible, which oftentimes you'll surprise yourself is a great deal around that you're okay with. Usually most of us will will get into the nitty gritty and the details about how something's going to unfold or maybe it's where it will happen or how much it will cost or how much it'll save or who's doing what. And I think those are areas where we definitely can be flexible on. Yeah, exactly. We don't have to be flexible on our core values, but some of the other smaller things I think are important. And, and then when you start demonstrating flexibility, then you'll start coming closer to a compromise. All right, step six. And it, yeah, and, and what you said, I think it's really, it's much easier when you separate it out that way because you start to realize all the places where you can be flexible and realize how much you actually have in common in those flexible areas. Yeah, so the last step is then to ask yourself four powerful questions that will hopefully lead you to a temporary compromise one that will honor both of your core parts of you. So these questions are, there's four of them, what feelings, dreams, and goals do we have in common? Mm -hmm. Question number two, how might these goals be accomplished? Number three, help me to understand your flexible areas and where our flexible areas intersect. Okay. And the last one is, what temporary compromise can we reach that would honor both of our core dreams and values. And we say temporary because things can always be reevaluated and changed later. As with most perpetual problems, you're likely going to reevaluate this and do it again in the future. So think of it more as an experiment so you can always change and adjust things and compromise down the road. Okay, so last week we shared a story of Blake and Rebecca the ambitious workaholic doctor and his family-oriented wife who was worried that their marriage was lost. Hold on. Blake felt so isolated, so alone, so rejected. And Rebecca, you know, she didn't think that Blake even cared about her anymore or the family because he was so busy with work. And so they were at a point where they were really vilifying one another over this issue and they'd become totally gridlocked. And then they applied this process. Mm -hmm. So they sat down with the understanding that one, they weren't going to get into it again. Two, they were really going to try to understand each other's values on this position. And three, they used an agreement and they agreed up front that they would try to see each other's position as valid. And through this, Blake became more understanding, more empathetic. He was able to really understand what Rebecca needed, that her core values were all around family and love. And these were the things that brought her peace and purpose in her life and so much joy and meaning. And all she really wanted was for him to share and be in that with her. And Rebecca also softened. She sort of saw Blake in a new light. She better understood that Blake sought to make a difference in the world and that he really wanted to leave a legacy and make an impact on his profession. Right. And so then they made that list of their flexible areas and their inflexible areas. And they were actually quite surprised at how much negotiation was actually possible once they got out of gridlock, once they laid it all out and identified these areas that were flexible for them. Yeah. And it's really cool the way they pulled this off because imagine that they were feeling so distant from one another and, mm -hmm. and, but, and feeling like it was over. And so they were able to use this process and they came up with a solution. So they committed to one family dinner per week, all together, whole family together, one two hour date night per week one overnight trip per month to their favorite B&B &B so that they could reconnect. Mm -hmm. And then once per quarter, he would take one week off. And two of those weeks would be definitely for family vacation. And the rest of those weeks that would reserve for just the two of them to connect and play and have fun and 
and kind of revitalize their relationship. I thought it was really cool how they did this. Yeah, what a good plan. Yeah. And, you know, overall, the plan was maybe a little bit less than what Rebecca wanted yeah. and probably a little more than what Lake thought was feasible. But it was something that they could both live with. And I think that's an important key point is that compromise may not always feel perfect, that usually in a compromise, everyone has to kind of gain a little something and lose a little something. Yeah, right? and take just a little bit. And the important thing in that process is that everyone feels understood, that everyone feels respected, and everyone feels like their dream is being honored. So John Gottman tells a story about this couple, so very similar when they were achieving this compromise. So this couple had worked their whole life, and they had both retired, and and they started talking about how they wanted to spend their time. And and the husband said, you know what, I think I think we should sail around the world. We'll spend our time. We're going to go to the Virgin Islands and sail, and and that's what I want to do. And and the wife was like on a completely different page. She wanted to move and take over the family farm in Iowa because she grew up there. And that was her idea of just relaxing on the farm. And on the surface, these seemed two disparate ideas. Like, how do you be on a farm and be on the ocean at the same time? And they really seemed insurmountable and like they weren't going to be able to come together. But here's what they did. They understood each other's core dreams and values. They sort of dug down and got to that point. And so they agreed. Uh, the compromise was they would spend a year sailing the ocean. And then after one year, they would dry dock the boat. And then they would go spend a year on the farm. And after two years, then they would reassess which one they liked better and come up with a plan. Now, I know which one you would like better. The sailing? The sailing, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want to go work on a farm either, but I wasn't raised on a farm. I bet they're on the ocean today. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Well, but the key really here is finding a solution that honors both, even if it's a temporary solution, even if it doesn't feel totally, totally perfect. Right. Almost all gridlock problems stem from unfulfilled dreams. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to feel like their most intimate relationship is preventing them from achieving their individual dreams and values. Right. And nobody wants to be in a relationship where one person is being crushed in order to constantly fulfill the one person's dreams. Absolutely. And in his book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, Dr. John Gottman says, keep working on your unresolvable conflicts. Couples who are demanding of their marriage are more likely to have a deeply satisfying union than those who have lower expectations. Mm, I love that quote. Well, I think that might be a wrap for this episode. Yeah. There's a lot of tools, though, a lot of work to do. Right. So give that a try this week. So now you've got this episode along with last week's episode to go and actually start working on compromising on some of your gridlocked issues. And as always, reach out to us on social media channels if there's any questions. And, you know, if anything in this episode resonated with you and maybe you felt like it made a change or gave you some useful tools, please drop us a five-star review and share something you found valuable. As always, be kind to each other, take care of each other, put each other first. It's the small and simple things every day that create strong relationships. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.